Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Today I'm taking I'm taking it from the ESV. Um, let me read it to you and then I'll explain what I'm talking about, okay? As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You made my mountain. Everybody say, my mountain. <laughs> you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry. And to the Lord, I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell you of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and have clothed me with gladness. That my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Now, what you have to know about this psalm is there is, it, it is broken up in expressions of what a person is going through. It's broken into three parts, and it's like a poem. And what I want to do this morning in the small time that I have is just, is just take you through the movements of this psalm and see where you can see yourself in it. Because as I read this, I could see myself. Okay, so we're going to go with the first part of it, which is from verse 6 through to 7. As for me, I said, in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain Stand strong. What's wrong with this statement? Can you see something that's not quite correct with this statement? What is it about this statement? Like I read this and I go, yes, yes, yes. God has in my prosperity, you know, he's helped me. And uh, what's, what's happening here for David, King David the psalmist? What's, what's God doing here? Well, it's sort of confusing because it's like, okay, I, I said I shall never, be, shall never be moved and by your favor, God, you made my mountain stand strong. And then he starts going on about how God's hidden his face. Does that make sense? You've got to understand this is a poem and, and through this, the, the, the psalmist is trying to get something to us. Okay, so let's just look at this for a moment. Have you ever gotten to a place where you were relying on the blessing and you're focused on the blessing and uh, everything's going really well, job's going well, kids are behaving for once, marriage is okay, everything's good, everything's well. And we say, huh, God's blessed me. In my prosperity, everything's all right. I don't have to worry because God's blessed me. I'll never be moved. I'm all good. 
Have you ever got into, into that, that sense of security where all is well? All is well, all is well, but then something goes wrong, right? You were happy, but now your frown has come. You were okay, but now you're not. Why? Has God changed? No. What has changed is your circumstances. See, this is an interesting passage because I see myself in this, where I start to look at all of the things that are around me that are all good and working, and I'm happy. I'm okay. Everything's well with my soul. And I sing that song, it is well with my soul, with my soul, it is well, until, oh, hold on a sec, where's God? Oh, oh, what's happening? This has gone wrong and that's gone wrong. When we begin to realize that we aren't looking to God, but we're looking at our blessing for happiness. Where we're looking to our, to our circumstances for our security. But did you know God does something for our sakes, for us? In those moments when we stop looking at Him, He hides His face. <laughs> not out of meanness, not because He's a sadist, but because He wants to rescue us from where it goes when we get our eyes off God. Have you ever had God hide His face? Have you ever had that moment where you're like, oh, where's God gone? Usually, I mean, disagree with me if you like, but I've found it's usually I've, I've realized that God has hidden His face when I've, when I've recognized that my circumstances aren't going the way I thought they would be. And I was so counting on those circumstances and I was in a place where I was saying, I shall not be moved. And yet God hides His face and I'm moved. Oh my gosh, I'm moved. I realize what shaky ground I'm standing on. Is anybody with me on this? Anyone been there before? Even King David has been there. I said in my prosperity. Now we may not get like as arrogant as what the, 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 the author is saying here, but we have that. God's blessed me. You know, I'm all good. I don't have to worry. And we can say all of the, 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 you know, the, the holy and the Christian things like, oh, God's favor is upon me right now until such time as God's favor doesn't seem like it's there anymore. And we realize it was our circumstances that were making us think that God's favor was on us and nothing else. And if we realize when God hides His face that we haven't got anything that we haven't got anything to stand on. And it brings about an insecurity. It brings about this feeling of like panic. Anyone ever felt that panic? It brings about anxiety because our eyes weren't fixed on Christ. Our eyes were fixed on the things. <laughs> so the next part, so that's the first part. That's the first part. I shall never be moved. And then God will show you, yes, you can be moved. <laughs> As I hold up a second, just remember who God is around here. Just remember, you are dependent and you need me. 
I mean, the wrestle that we have as humans, and it's been there from the beginning, is the wrestle of independence or dependence on God. And I I found in my own life, in my own world, my biggest wrestle with the Lord, my biggest and the toughest area of my life hasn't, hasn't been with... Uh, like, you know, really bad sin, you know, like going out and getting really drunk and all of these sorts of things. I haven't, I haven't struggled in those areas so much. And I'm not saying that in any arrogance, but I'll tell you something where I have struggled is this area. And I think most people are like this. Doesn't matter if you've been in the faith for a long time. Doesn't matter if you're a good person, bad person. That's not the point. The point is, is we will struggle with the Lord when it comes to our independence And we'll use God's favor for our independence. Where we will begin to think, I'm standing strong, I'm all good. Until such time as God reminds us gently, or maybe sometimes not so gently, no, you're not. You're not independent. You're not. You're vulnerable. I'm strong. It's the weak who are blessed. It's the weak who will say, I am strong. <laughs> the moment we become that, hmm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I don't need... We don't, and, it, and it's not something that kind of happens like straight away or it's not some outright, but it's a position of our hearts where we go there, where we kind of are in this place where we don't even know it, but we're relying on ourselves or we're relying on the blessing. And our eyes have moved, they've just shifted six degrees to the right or to the left. They're not on God. They're not on God. But God reminds us, for us, not, for, not because He's mean, but for us. You need me. I am God. You hid your face. Where are you, God? Where have you gone? And then the next part... David goes into, he says this, he says, To you, O Lord, I I cry, and to the Lord I, I I plead for mercy. And then we cut a deal with God. Ever cut a deal with God? Or we try and reason with God? We say things like this, What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? What's David saying there? Saying, God, hold up here. You've hid your face, but you need me, God. This is what David's saying. You need me. Who's going to praise you if, if, if I go down to the pit, if everything finishes up here right now and I'm done for? So he's in this, he's in this state of panic where God has hidden his face and he says to God, you need me, God, to praise your name. Right? He's cutting a deal with God. Have you ever, I I felt this way before, where I've come to the Lord and I've said things like, what will everybody think? What will everybody say? I've committed to this and I've got that going on and this needs to happen. What will everyone say, God? And, and we're, we're more worried about ourselves. And we cut these things with God. We try and reason with God. 
We try and make up some way that we can shift God. And we can do this also with, with our religious stuff that we do. Like, okay, we make a resolution. Okay, God, I tell you what. You've hidden your face from me. I'm going to pray more now. I'm going to, I'm going to get things sorted out. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I worship more. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do that now. And we try and cut God these deals. <laughs> but David, he goes from there. This, it's like an arrogance. This, God, you need me. To a realization. And we do this. This is what God will lead us into. Where there will be this arrogance. How dare, you, how dare you, God, turn your face on me? You know, you know what I've done for you? I, I've, you know, I've done so much for you. I served sister down the road. I you know, helped her up the stairs. And I you know, helped put out the coffee on Sunday mornings. And you know, I'm, on the, I'm on the launch team for the new night service. You've got to be on that launch team for the new night service. <laughs> And this and that, God, how, 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 how can you hide your face from me? You, you need me, God. You need me, God. But, but God slowly moves us from this place. The good thing, the rescuing, the only part that rescues David in this is he's still speaking to God. Yeah, and it's okay. You know what? It's okay. You don't, you don't have to be afraid of arguing with God. It's actually all good. He can, he's actually pretty big. He has some pretty big pants. He can handle your argument. <laughs> and in that process where David's going through this, I'm all good, I'm all good, it's all good, it's all good. Where's your face, Lord? Oh, I'm not good, I'm not good, I'm not good. God, you need me, you need me. You Where are you, God? You know what I've done for you. How dare you? How dare you? God, God, God. And then he comes to this place, verse 10, here. And, and it's like this. Here, O Lord, be merciful to me. O Lord, my helper. And this is the moment of repentance. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I got put off. <laughs> Praise God. Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. Have you ever been brought to your knees by God? I, one of my favorite singers and one of my favorite bands is U2. Anybody, any U2 fans out there? There's a song called Mysterious Ways. And uh, there's this line in the, the Mysterious Ways that says this, it's, if you want to kiss the sky, you better learn how to kneel. If you want to kiss the sky, you better learn how to kneel. God will teach you how to kneel. We can, 
Now, the Bible says that, we, you know, humble yourself or, 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 or be humbled. And it's not, it's not because God's like this, I'm going to humble you, God, you know. And sometimes I've seen people take upon themselves this aspect of God, right, in, in church folk. I mean, I'm just, it's, it's, sometimes it happens in churches where, where it's like, I'm going to humble you by what I say, you know. No, this is what God does, and this is not done by any human being. We don't have to help God in humbling people. We just have to be gracious and loving, right? <laughs> I'm saying it's funny because, I mean, you know you've been humbled by some person in the church. Sometimes it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, just, I'm going to humble you. You must repent. It's like, okay, right, fine. Now, God will humble us. God will humble us. I've told this story a million times, like, but I'm going to tell it again. I don't think I've told it for a while. You know, preachers, we, we get lost in our stories. Huh? So if I'm telling you this story and you've heard it before, I'm, please forgive me. But when I was in Bible college, when I was in Bible college many years ago, um, I was a youth pastor. I was the only youth pastor kind of like, you know, at, at that time in Australia, the, God was doing this great work amongst the young people of Australia. And out of, out of that move of God, um, uh, there's been a lot of churches planted all over the world. So you, you know, like it, this was the time when um, Hillsong. So you've heard of Hillsong, okay? Hillsong was like just, just blowing open, and it was all young people. Okay, it was all youth. It was all young. God was doing something incredible across the nation. You heard of Planet Shakers? Planet Shakers, Hillsong, Planet Shakers. Those two movements, even what was God was doing with C3, were birthed out of a young, like, youth movement, okay? And I was a teenager during those times, and so I'm like, I want to be a youth pastor. So I, I started this youth group, and it, you know, did okay, and God was moving. But it, I, and then I thought, I'm going to go to Bible college. I felt God calling us to Bible college. So I was the, one of the only ones who actually had a ministry in Bible college, okay? Everyone else were just students, but I was like, no better, all right? <laughs> so, uh, and plus, plus, on top of that, I was the pastor's son. <laughs> so, I had that going on, uh, completely, like, I mean, I was, like, just an arrogant, self-righteous young man, okay, and uh, uh, that was that. So the, the first year of Bible college, we were doing this conference, and it was actually the, conference, uh, the, the church that I was a part of doing the Bible college was a really big church, okay, so it was like, it was near, at that point in time, it was close to 10,000 members, so it was a big old church, okay, so they would get, they had, when you got a big old church like that, you got big old budgets, okay, <laughs> when you get 10,000 people in a room and you take an offering up and all of those, so the, the money is like, so these guys could get in um, like the best speakers from all over the world. Okay, and they would, they'd put on these conferences and they would use the Bible college students as volunteers for the conferences and you'd have like this access and you'd meet all of these cool people and whatever. So I was the driver of one of the speakers and this speaker was my hero, I mean, gosh. And uh, so they asked me, Ryan, like everybody else, nobody else got this opportunity um, and I, my, my Bible college principal was, was mentoring me at the time. He was working very close with, closely with me. And, and he said, Ryan, I want you to be one of the drivers for the speakers. And I thought, yeah, 
So you get this big car, one of the pastor's cars, like one of the, you know, big cars, and you're driving around, airport pickup, and, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm helping in the coffee room. I'm one of the drivers. Because <laughs> I'm better. I shall never be moved. Just watch me. Okay. And uh, that was all good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I learned a lot from that guy. The, the, the guy, he, he, there's not this Bible. I gave it away, I think. But he signed my Bible, the guy I was driving. And it was really cool. I felt really special. So next year comes. Next year comes. Okay. And I'm thinking, oh, good. It's the conference again. And I'm telling my principal, oh, you know, who's coming, you know? Who's coming? Um, you know, do you need drivers? You know, do you need people to, to look at? Because you're driving the main speakers. You get access to everywhere. You get to, uh, you know, and um, who, who's coming? And, oh, this person's coming, that person's coming. Oh, wow, you know. And uh, <laughs> my principal said, yeah, you, you can help in the car park this year. Sure. What do you mean? No, when, when all the guests come, you got one of those lightsaber things that they use on Star Wars, <laughs> and you stand there and you go like this. And if someone can't find a car park, you find it for them, you walk over and say, hey, welcome to the conference. You know, you can park here. You know what God was doing to little old youth pastor, pastor's kid, arrogant young man? You know what he was doing? He's humbling me. But aren't you glad he did? <laughs> Could you imagine what kind of pastor you'd have now <laughs> if God hadn't have dealt with me in that way? I'm telling you, it'd be terrible. <laughs> And this is what God was doing. He was humbling me. And I knew it. And I knew it when one of my friends, one of the other guys, and I think, I, I think he was a bit jealous of me. He's also a pastor now. He's a good guy, a good friend of mine. But he said this to me when I was in the car park. And what we had to do is um, there was weeds in the garden. I mean, sorry, in the car park, growing through the bitumen, you know, like weeds. So I had to, I had, they gave me a shovel and they said, before conference, I want you to go out and just make sure the, the car park looks nice. And I want you to get the weeds out from in between the cracks. So they gave me a shovel. And my friend came and he said, oh, Ryan, good to see you in the car park, Ryan. So let me just bless you in the name of the Lord with a mm. Give you a holy kiss. Mm. <laughs> you know? That's what I felt like what my inner man was doing. I praise the Lord, yes. God was humbling me. We, we, God will humble us. He'll bring us to a place where we realize that we're on that mountain. And we're saying, I shall never be moved. He'll make us realize, no, no, you can be moved. Very easily, you can be moved. It's as simple as me putting you in a car park, Ryan, and you will be moved. I'm like, I'm moved. I hate this. This is really terrible. I'm a pastor. I'm a this. I'm a that. I've got a youth ministry. I don't need to be here and all of that. God will humble you. 
And when he does, it's the best place because you know where he's bringing you? He's bringing you to a place where he reminds you that he is your provider. He is your God. He is the one who looks after you. He's the one that opens doors for you and shuts doors that don't need to be open. He is in charge. And it's in these moments where we say, in that first part where David says, you have made my mountain secure, where we realize, hold on a second, I'm standing on God's mountain. Mm, What an idiot. I'm standing on God's mountain. I'm here because He's allowed me here. It's not my mountain, it's His this ain't my blessing, it's His. This ain't anything I've done, it's Him. I didn't open this door, He opened it. I'm standing here because He's put me here. He's allowed me here. And that's humility. So that's the moment, verse 10, where, where David says, Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. I, I realize, God, hold on a second, you gave me all of this. It's not mine. And it's in that moment in verse 11 where he turns, where joy comes. Where he says in verse 11, you have turned my morning into dancing. Peace has come. Happiness has come. Hope has come. Because I'm on your mountain and you've allowed me here. And it's it's, it's that moment where self-reliance, where independence shifts to dependence and a result of that dependence is the peace of God the joy of the Lord and happiness you've turned my morning into dancing you've loosed my sackcloth you know what sackcloth is is what when it's what they would wear back in the olden days when this was written if someone had died or if something bad had happened they would put on like a potato sack, and they would sit in coals and mourn. That was their tradition. So he's saying, you've loosed my sackcloth and you've clothed me. You've clothed me, O God, with gladness. That my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. That my glory, I want you to hear this. See, this is the movement. This is where it shifted. Any glory that I bring will be singing and worship to you, O God. You see, David had fallen silent in his praise to the Lord because his praise had gone somewhere else. My glory may sing your praise, O God, and not be silent. Oh God, oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Amen? Amen. So this is what God does. This is what He does. This is what He does. When we're in that place where we're saying, I shall never be moved. I shall never be moved. And then all of a sudden, God just shifts something. Boom. And everything's out. And you realize, I am moved. I'm really moved. 
What's going on? Where are you, God, right now? God, look at what everything I've done. Look at who I am. You need me, God. How dare you turn your face from me? Will the dust praise you if I'm not praising you, God? 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 Hear me, O Lord. Be merciful, God. Turn to me, O God. Be my helper. And it's that point where it shifts. Where you'll feel the presence of God come and your mourning will be turned to dancing. This is what He does. He turns our mourning into dancing. When we realize who God is and when we realize what we were depending on as opposed to what we should be depending on and that is God and God will bring us to those moments and you know I'm not saying that the really bad things are going to happen in your life to humble you sometimes really bad things happen because we live in a broken world we live in a world that Jesus came to rescue us from he's taking us to a better place he's taking us to heaven I'm not saying that the you know things that people come and get taken away from you and all of those sorts of things loved ones die and uh, because God's trying to humble you that's that's not I don't want you to develop a theology around that Sometimes bad stuff just happens and there's no meaning and there's no reason for it. It just happens. That's why Jesus came to rescue us. Okay? But I am saying also, amongst all of that, there will be moments and you'll know when the Lord is humbling you. You'll know. Just be aware. They are the greatest moments of your life because your mourning will be turned into dancing. Your hopelessness that you'll find in your independence will be turned dancing. Amen? C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.